Hello and welcome back to the podcast, the very first episode of the Boston Box Podcast with your host, Charlie Rockwell. Alright, so for today we are going to be looking at the Patriots, Celtics, and the Red Sox. The Bruins haven't had much news in... I don't really cover soccer, but the Revolution are in first place in the MLS right now. So that is pretty exciting for Boston sports. But first, I guess we will start off with Cam Newton. Camp going good, going good. We had our first in-stadium practice today, and that seemed to bode over well as Cam Newton played pretty well. Mac Jones not playing the best as of recently, making a lot of poor decisions, but still having those moments as he threw like the 60-yard pass yesterday for a touchdown, and well, that's obviously good, but he still is throwing a lot of interceptions, missing easy passes, as Cam Newton's making the easy passes. Second point, the kicker battle is heating up. As we saw Nick Folk last year, uh, the Patriots team was not very good. He was one of the few bright spots on the team. As he was a pretty, it was a pretty good year for the older veteran kicker. But this year, what? Well, I should say last last draft we drafted. Quinn Norton out of Michigan is a kicker. In yesterday in practice, he went four for four on field goals and ten out of ten in general. That includes extra points. In on his last field goal, Bill Belichick had iced him, and he still managed to make the field goal, which obviously is seen as a huge upside. As late in games, you're going to be iced by. A lot of other coaches, so you wanna you wanna be able to make those game-winning field goals. Next point, I'd like to move into Stefan Gilmore and other other people still absent, such as Chase Winovich and Devin Asiasi. Name is still hard for me to grasp since it's the same thing twice. And Dalton Keene has also been absent. Christian Barmore was absent a couple days, but he came back yesterday. And Stefan Gilmore obviously absent because he's looking for a bigger contract. But Chase Winovich, haven't heard much on him recently. He's been absent ever since the first day. But Stefan Gilmore, you know, I see us, there's like, there's really, there's a few options, but in my mind, I really only see us going two ways. We either trade him for a, a defensive player and a pick or just a pick. But the way I would really like to go is we sign him through next season. So we give him this year and next year for a deal and then we see how he's gauging because he is getting up in age i think he's 
30-ish. I'd have to guess. But he is getting up there in age, so. You can hear like dogs are barking in the background. Not a pleasant noise. And then, so Gilmore, I'd like to give him that that two-year deal, get him back on the team. But if we, if he doesn't, if he wants more money than we can offer, then obviously we're gonna have to trade him. My only concern about trading him is that J.C. Jackson, although he had a great year last year, he was never really that good against like wide receiver ones. Like for example, when we played Stephon Gilmore. Later in the season, he was guarding him, or he was matched up against him, I should say, in in one-on-one -on -one coverage most of the night, and he gave up. Well, moving into my last point about the Patriots, is our first preseason game is next Thursday, so we'll get to see Mac Jones in action. We'll get to see all of our other picks in action, also... Maybe Damian Harris, since he's been injured his first couple of years, and but again, we don't want him to get injured again in the preseason game, as he looks to be our running back one, which is hopefully he can have as good of a year as he had last year in the limited amount of games we saw him in. But that is all for the Patriots today. They did not have a lot of action going on as their season just starts to begin. Then the Celtics. I recently have heard some news, good news, as opposed to the recent, or the less recent bad news that we had been experiencing as all of our hopeful free agent signees had gone to other teams. I've heard the news that the Celtics have been in intense talks with Dennis Schroeder, who's obviously a guy that can give you at least 15 points, at least 15 and 5 off the bench. Normally he'd come off the bench for his other teams, but this year, the last year, or last year I should say, he um, was a starting point guard for the Lakers, who were obviously one of the more talented teams in the league with LeBron and AD. But I see him coming, coming, he's going to be our, if he comes over, he's going to be our starting point guard. Going to give you at least 15 and 6, maybe 12, as he's going to be a third, maybe fourth option on the team. But he's, Good, good, talented point guard. Is we definitely need a point guard. And then the team is looking pretty solid with the additions of Al Horford, Josh Richardson, hopefully Dennis Schroeder, and Brad Stevens has done a good job with his team, considering the place he was put in. Big contract of Kemba Walker. Um, also had a pretty, pretty needy Evan Fournier as he wanted a lot of money, which brings me into my next point. Evan Fournier signed to the Knicks, as well as if you have not seen 
Kemba Walker, who we traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder earlier in the offseason, has also gotten traded to the Knicks, which is pretty scary as the Knicks are a pretty talented team now. They have Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier, R.J. Barrett, um, and Julius Randle, obviously. And then they have Mitchell Robinson, who is coming off an injury, but he is a pretty defensive-minded big center, which is pretty scary, seeing as their team, the rest of their team is a pretty offensive-minded scoring team. Um, but that also leads into my, which was going to be my previous point, the team is looking decent, I'd say. We should probably be better than we were last year if we get Dennis Schroeder. If we don't, it's going to be hard to tell. But the East is... Whew. We have the, the Nets, obviously, with KD, Kyrie, and James Harden. The big three. And then you have the Bucks, who just won the finals. You have Giannis. You have Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday. So, the East is going to be tough to compete in, but if our team is solid, then I can see us going maybe second round, maybe like fifth, sixth seed, highest fourth seed obviously, but probably not going to crack the top three, unless the 76ers make a terrible trade, and trade away Ben Simmons, which could be happening, but you their asking price is way too high for Ben Simmons right now at this point. They're asking for about like three, four picks. Which leads me into my... Which doesn't really lead me into my next point, but... My next point is the Summer League. Which we have already seen be underway for some teams. And teams are looking solid. But my point for the Celtics is their first game is tomorrow, actually, on Sunday. They forgot who they play, but it doesn't, doesn't really matter too much on who they play, is it's the Summer League. But our team should be solid. Pretty, pretty good for the Summer League, I should say. We have Payne Pritchard, who was obviously the best rookie last year. Great, great bench point guard for us then we have Aaron Neesmith who started off the season really slow but picked it up towards the end and then we then we also have Romeo Langford who is a third year player but has only played 62 games in his whole entire NBA career so it should be good to see him try and stay healthy this year and get a full year in but also, our new draft pick, who we took with the 45th pick, um, Bajarin, he is French, though. Hopefully I don't butcher the name, but he is on the team for the Summer League. Hopefully he can show out, and obviously he probably won't make the roster this year. But next year, hopeful. And then into my next point about the rest of free agency. The Bulls have been looking good. The Lakers have been, well, 
let me first segue back and talk about the Bulls as they added Lonzo Ball, who Lonzo Ball, who is Lonzo Ball, and he is obviously a pretty talented player, but through his first two years in the league, he was not the best, but last year he picked up his three-point shooting, defense, and passing have always been good. And then, and then they also added DeMar DeRozan, who is obviously a great player. He's going to add a lot of defensive and offensive versatility to the team. And they obviously have Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic, who are great, great players. And then that will lead us into the next point of that, the Lakers, who is adding older older players such as Melo, Trevor Ariza, Dwight Howard, who was a part of their championship team. But they have added those older pieces, but they've also added Malik Monk, who has seemed to be a bust his first couple years in the league, but has shown some promise as a high-flying dunker and also a mid-two-tier mid score with a shaky three-point shot. But they also added Kendrick Nunn, who probably going to be their starting point guard if they don't bring Schroeder back, which is looking unlikely as hopefully the Celtics will grab him. But Kendrick Nunn, great scoring guard. Not the best defensive guard, but he'll give you probably 12 a night. But the NBA, it's tough to compete in right now as you see a bunch of super teams in the NBA, such as the Lakers. The Bucks aren't, I wouldn't say a super team, but the Nets obviously a super team. And this, a mm, couple super teams, but the, the West is pretty good. You have the Lakers, the Clippers, who are getting um, Kawhi Leonard back, who declined his player option but is looking to go back to the Lakers. And they also have the Suns, who made the finals and have been looking up with the young Devin Booker and Chris Paul coming back. So hopefully the Celtics can compete. But that is basically all I have for the Celtics this episode. Not and then this moves me into... The Red Sox, who are obviously my least favorite point to talk about today in this episode, as it's been pretty rough for them, and I have a good amount of stuff to cover with the Red Sox, as we are 2-8 and eight in our last 10 games, and right now, as we speak, I can pull up standings in the AL East and give them a peek. Right now we are 64 and 47 and that is good for third best fourth fourth best in the American League with the Rays being at 66 and 44 
in the Astros game at 65 and 45, in the White Sox game at 64 and 46. What I did note is, well, kind of a not so good note is most teams are playing pretty subpar, such as the White Sox and Astros recently, but the Yankees and Blue Jays are five, or the Yankees are three back from us, and the Blue Jays are four back. And right now they're in the three-game set against the Blue Jays. We need to take at least the two in the doubleheader today. And that would bring us into a quick series against the Rays at home, a three-game set. And then we go into at home against the Baltimore Orioles. Why did I say the Baltimore Orioles? Not, not right. But that would bring us to Baltimore, which would hopefully be an easy three wins, but nothing is given to this team, obviously. But then we would also segue into the Yankees oh, at Yankee Stadium, which we obviously need to need to go in there on a hot streak and win those two three or three games just one's a double header and then we play texas in minnesota and cleveland who are obviously some subpar teams but we just lost two to the tigers so can't really give us any anything but that is enough talk about the standings and talk about why the standings are that way. So, recently, over our last 10, 10 games-ish, or every, every pitcher's last two starts, we have been the team worst, probably, I don't know our team ERA in our last 10 games, but... I'd have to guess somewhere around 8 or 9-ish. And that's just for starting starting pitching. Because the bullpen has the bullpen has held down very, very well. Guys such as Sawamura, Garrett Whitlock has been amazing this year. Great pickup. Josh Taylor started the year off absolute terrible, but has come back strong and has been our number one lefty out of the pen recently. Darwin's and Hernandez, his his oblique injury has seemed to be not not too hurtful, but still going to miss a short stint of time as he is coming back from that oblique injury, which is obviously dangerous. You don't want to make it even worse. But speaking of the bullpen and starting pitching, Martin Perez just got tossed in the bullpen after his one and a third inning start or one and two thirds inning start because it doesn't doesn't matter too much if you only go one and two thirds he he has been i would say our worst pitcher maybe second worst to garrett richards but we should see garrett richards last start is in his next start unless he absolutely mows people down it should be his last start 
and he'll get the kick to the bullpen too. Okay, the point about Garrett Richards has been long overdue as he's been terrible this year, posting an above 5 ERA, and that is obviously not what you want out of your hopeful 3 starter, but obviously that has been proven that he is not a 3 starter. That moves me into my next-ish point about Chris Sale, who is hopefully making his last start in Worcester today. I think he should be making his last start today, but that's if all goes well. And then Tanner Houck is also going to be called up in pitching the second game of the doubleheader. And hopefully Chris Sale and Tanner Houck, obviously two pretty, I would say, similar starters, as they, Tanner Houck looks like the right-hand Chris Sale, in my mind, but I don't know y'all's opinion on Tanner Houck yet, but I think he's a really good pitcher, and he should stay on the rotation, and we should, he should be our new five-starter in place of Martin Perez, and Chris Sale is going to take Garrett Richards' spot, and then we have a nice rotation if Ovaldi can bounce back after his two terrible starts. Well, I would, they are pretty terrible, but yesterday in his start, he did have some bright spots. In the first four innings, he was absolutely terrific. Then the fifth inning, he goes in, gives up two straight doubles to Alejandro Kirk and um, Randall Grichuk. Two straight doubles. Drive, they drive in a run. And then he gives up a... Let's... I do not remember that all that well, but... Let's, let's look at the game yesterday. We had, um, then Valera hit a double, little dinky double down the right field line, not an outstanding hit, and then we had George Springer fly out to deep, deep left center field, first out of the inning, and then we walk, intentionally walk Vladdy Jr., don't really have a problem with that since he's been probably the best all-around hitter in the American League this year, or in all of baseball for that matter. But I do honor Vladdy Jr. I the MVP race between him and Shohei. Shohei obviously has the two-way going for him as he's a pitcher and a hitter, and a pretty good pitcher and good hitter for that fact. But Vladdy has been. He's hitting for average, he's hitting for power, driving in runs, playing good first base. That's hard to beat, but right now I think it's pretty even. If we see Vladdy heat up and hit near 50 bombs and Otani slow down, then I think um, Vladdy gets it. But right now I have Otani as he is the two-way star. But that, into the NL MVP, 
face. We have seen Bryce Harper heat up recently. He is definitely a, he is definitely a huge contender for NL MVP as he has been absolutely terrific recently. But you could see him taking it. You could also see guys such as Walker Bueller take this take it maybe I wouldn't say MVP, I'd say Cy Young for Walker Bueller. He's been great this year. But guys such as like Juan Soto have been really hot. And that's I I would personally I'm gonna go with Bryce Harper as he's been playing really good. And we all know when Bryce Harper gets hot, there's it's really no way of slowing him down. So I, my NL, AL and NL MVP picks are Otani and Bryce Harper. So bouncing off the NL and AL MVPs, we obviously added a huge bat from the Nationals in Kyle Schwarber, who has been injured ever since we got him. Well, before that, but he's been injured for a while now. And he is looking better. He has been taking BP. He's been running. He's been working on first base. But he should give us a huge push if he can get in the lineup soon. He has a huge lefty bat. will give us some pop, which we desperately need right now. Our team is not hitting the ball far or hard for that matter. And I already talked about we need to win these games to kind of build up a hot streak and take the to build a lead against the Yankees in the division and to and get back against the Rays in the division since we are obviously not performing up to our first half par. And then the offense needs to be better with runners in scoring position. Let's let's take another look at the box score from last game. Bouncing off that point, we had 14 runners left on base last last game. JD Martinez had five left on base last game. Bobby Dahlbeck striking out way too much. Franchi Cordero has been better since he came up, putting better at bats. Hunter Renfro, home run, another basically our only source of power. Verdugo, good game last night. And Bogart's not hitting well. Endeavors, three walks last night, so can't really complain about that. But when we look at the Blue Jays side of things, and they had they had um about like eight doubles last last game which is obviously something you don't want to see and they also had um they had um what's it called two out rbis you can look at they had um they had seven two out rbis which is something you don't really want to see is they put together a good two-out rally in that fifth inning. But I saw a tweet from Jared. Oh, 
and he said last night that without that defending, we would have won the game four to three. So that is obviously kind of disappointing, seeing that Ivaldi totally collapsed in that inning, and the whole game went downhill from there. But that is basically all I have for the Red Sox. They are just playing so poorly. The episodes are going to be semi-shorter for now, since we only have one team in season, and the trade deadline has passed, and we are just moving into the, the grind of the MLB season, the later half of it, and hopefully the Red Sox can piece together a few wins here and then get it back on a hot streak and finish either in a wild card spot or in first place in the division, which would definitely be a bounce back from last year, as last year was a failure of a season. But, that, like I said, the episodes are going to be shorter as the Celtics and the Patriots are not in season. Once they, one of them or two, get in season, then the episodes are going to be a little bit longer. But we should look to have another episode, maybe Wednesday. Maybe Wednesday, we'll see. But school starting up which is obviously a bummer, as summer has been pretty short, I would say. I don't know if y'all agree or not, but maybe you can let me know how long your summer has felt. Mine has felt pretty short. So we'll see when the next episode comes out, but thank you as always, and I hope y'all have a great rest of your day.